podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the moment of the evening every K-State fan enjoys. Settle down and pour a whiskey, crack open a LaCroix. Please put your hands together and make a little noise for your favorite Wildcatters, the handsome Bosco boys. Holy crap, this entire time I've been going wild, I've been on mute. Jesus Christ. I am so sorry, everyone. That is embarrassing. That is embarrassing. I am here. I am so sorry. I cannot believe how much of this time I've been on mute. The boys are back. I, I, I was going crazy, and I just I, I was not paying attention at all. I cannot believe I was on mute this entire time. I'm the worst. Sorry, let me just kind of get all – and honestly, I was saying some stupid stuff. I was looking at the wrong box score for a second. So, I, you know, it's probably for the best. Uh, l- let me get my thoughts out there. I'm going to the people who really matter. Mark Smith, a big 12 points. Nine, or 22 points. Just an absolute stud. Best one-year transfer we've ever had. Nigel Pack, 7 of 15 from the field, 16 points. Major stud. Mike McGurl, another awesome, efficient night, 14 points. Major stud. Major stud. I, I'm so, I'm over the moon. Selton Miguel, 2 of 9. He should have had close to 20 points because that's how good his looks were. But he plays major defense, grabbed five boards. He gave you minutes, and he gave you – some moments that you really needed. Carlton Lingard gives you some moments, gets four rebounds. It was just a an amazing night, but mainly on the back of Mark Smith, Mike McGurl, and Nigel Pack. The K State, it, it's we're resurrected. And again, how crazy things can be from our last show. We're resurrected. Ten down, eight to go. Massive game versus KU in Bramlage on Saturday. And again, the energy now is going to be there. I, there is no chance that this isn't going to be, you know, it's not going to be an all-time atmosphere, but it's going to be one of those electric atmospheres that you live for as a K-State fan. It's going to be one of those days, one of those Saturday afternoons in Bramlage, where it doesn't matter what the outcome is, it, you are going to have goosebump moments because I don't see any way how the crowd isn't going to be in it. This team has swagger. This team is the villain. They love it. They're taunting the Texas fans, getting in their face, doing the horns down. The K-State family bench kind of storms onto the court to celebrate with them. Guys, this is a team. This is a squad that you can't help but being in love with. I love them. I love when they play the villains, and I've gone long enough. We're going to get to everyone else. I'm going to start off with my co-host, Grant. Grant. (laughs) Uh, how different shit is uh, from the last time we did a live show. You and I aren't going at each other's throats. Uh, it's good vibes. Back-to-back top 25 wins. This one on the road. Tell me how you're feeling. I mean, it's hard to believe. Honestly, hard to believe. Uh, first of all, I just want to say fuck Texas. Fuck the Longhorn Network. I tried several ways to try to get it on, and I couldn't. It wouldn't – whatever link wouldn't work. So I had to follow it on the Gamecast, which is – extraordinarily stressful i mean 
You should have listened. I mean, you can listen to the radio for free on K-State online. Or you know, that makes me sick to my stomach. I know, but it's of better than – But, I, um, okay. well, the game cast, honestly, towards the end was very stressful and just honestly enjoyable in a weird way. But I just did the dumbest fucking thing because, you know, we, we moved our baby to the other room. Uh, he has his own room now. And I've been in that room for nine months doing all shit like this. So in a just excited days after we won, I burst into that room and he was sleeping. And I fucked up bad. I woke him up and uh, here we are. But super happy. Um, I don't have a lot, obviously, to comment about the game because I didn't see it with my eyes. But Mark Smith, what a massive pimp. Um, Sounds like Selton Miguel uh, had another night struggling offensively, but immense um, late with some defensive um, and uh, big time on the glass. So uh, I don't know. I mean, I'll let everybody else take over who actually got to watch the game, but super pumped. And I'm glad that I've got a ticket for free and I will be in Bramlage going crazy. Yeah. I'm going to have to find a way into Bramlage. If anyone's listening to this, not to, I'm not above begging. So if anyone has a free ticket, hit me up. Slide in the DMs. I'll give you koozies. I'll give you all sorts of love. I might get you a Bosco's Voice T-shirt. If not, I, I'll, I'll pay to get one. But I, I don't. I, I don't. I don't see any way how I can stay out of Bramlage uh, with the way this team is playing right now. And anyone capable of getting in the in the octagon on Saturday, you should make an effort to do it. We're going to the guy that uh, I respect more than anyone, except for my own father. Uh, and, and that is Jimmy. Jimmy, uh, just walk me through that. Are you on cloud nine like I am? I, you're probably more composed than me because, you know, you're a respected adult and part of the community. <laughs> but, man, I am buzzing. I'm, I'm pretty pumped after that one because I, I, I didn't pick us to win. I didn't expect us to win. I thought we'd play him close. Um, as the game went on, you know, we had kind of that run in the first half where they, they went up eight or ten, and I thought we were in trouble, and then we – Kind of like the Texas Tech game, we fight back, and then second half's back and forth. We get the lead. And then uh, at the eight-minute mark, I just said, you know, who's going to make plays and win this game? Because it was a one-point game at that point. And then Marcus, the car guy, came out and just made, banged a couple shots. And I thought, oh, boy, here we go. And then K-State just took over. It was a bunch of guys. You know, Mark Smith made – I mean, he made plays the whole game, but down the stretch I'm talking Mark Smith, Nigel Pack, uh, Noel made a couple plays, and then uh, the key, I think, really the key was, even though Miguel didn't play well offensively, they put him on car those last eight minutes because it was Noel when when he started going off. And then uh, the first possession, Selton's in the game, he gives up the three because he goes under the screen uh, to Carr, but then the rest of the game, he locked him down, and then, you know, we defend him the last possession, they can't make a shot, and just so much... Good. I mean, I'll fully admit I put this team in the grave two weeks ago, a week ago, and they proved me wrong, and, and I'm happy. That- Here, here's the thing. Even if – and I'm not, I'm not counting this team out of anything uh, on Saturday, but here's the thing. Getting these back-to-back wins doesn't – got it to the point where even that one's not a must win. Now, you win that all of a sudden – you are cooking with duck fat and you're frying up some artisanal fries and it's, it's good times, but you know, they, they have, they have scratched and clawed their way back. And I, I, I'm, I, I'm just, I'm going to say this 30 times. I'm just over the moon right now. We're going to the good chef, Andre, uh, the good chef. What do you got for me, my man? Yes, 
sir, big guy. Man, what a performance. I was a little hesitant to think we could get back in the game, even though you gave him the Scott Wildcat reverse jinx. You were with it the entire game. I respect that. But when we go small on defensive possessions, it's almost impossible if if they miss a shot, if it's not a dead ball, it's hard for us to get rebounds unless it's Mark Smith. But Selton came in the clutch on the couple defensive rebounds down the end, played great defense other than going under the screen for cars three. I think that put him up like five or or two or what. It was some kind of possession, weird possession. Yeah, but yeah, that, that wasn't good by Selton. But from that moment on, yeah, he, the, the, he, he was nails. He was yeah, nails he was he was clutch. He was he was pressuring all the way up court. Exactly what we needed to kind of get it out of his hands and not let him get comfortable in that mid range shot that he was banging on Marquise Noel's head all game. He, he, I mean, a lot of people have said it, but he, he definitely had one of his worst games of the season. A lot of bonehead mistakes defensively. He wasn't getting in the passing lanes. And when he was aggressive, he was fouling, especially with the refs, the way they were calling the game, he couldn't play the way he usually plays. So I'm glad to see that the coaching staff, Bruce Weber, a legend who a lot of people put in the grave. I'm not going to lie. He made the adjustment and, and and he came out with a victory. Yeah. And, and I'm not worried about Marquise Noel. And, and I was one of the folks who I, I said it on Twitter. I, I said, this is, this is his worst, worst or second worst game. And unlike the Nebraska game, it's going to cost us. Well, obviously we got the win, but I'm not worried about Marquise Noel. The dude is a dog. And honestly, I think it's setting up for him to have a massive game on Saturday back in the octagon. And he made a clutch pass uh, to help us down the stretch. So again, uh, what was it his best game? No, I, I, I think it might've even been worse than Nebraska, but the kid has a dog mentality. He's a leader. He's going to bounce back versus KU. And again, his teammates, Mark Smith, Nigel Pack, and, uh, you know, Mike McGraw, they lifted him up. So you love to see it. We're going to go next to, oh, were you, I was, I was just going to say when, just how you said he has that dog mentality, it's basically the entire team, even though they make mistakes when they go to, if they make a foul, they're not going to the bench crying, upset, frustrated. They're they're listening to Bruce. They're listening to Coach Lowry, getting their ear, telling them what they're doing wrong, and they're straight faced. They're they're gung ho. They're ready to go. Yeah, I, I think that is a great point because I, I think especially in the last two years, you have seen uh the team kind of droop their head, bring their head down when they come to the bench or if 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 things aren't going their way. And, and I think that is, I think that's a great call out, Chef, because I think that is something that is very underrated and people aren't uh, giving enough credit to them, the, the mentality top to bottom. But again, I think this team, and we saw it big time at Wichita State and we saw it big time here. I think this team likes to play the villain. I think they like it when their backs are up against the wall a little bit and they can show some of that swagger. And I absolutely love it. Let's go to Aaron next. Aaron, Give me your thoughts. Uh, you know, I, I I thought, you know, I'm now 14 minutes into this. Granted, five of them I was muted talking to just myself and my dog and my friend Chris. But, you know, I, I thought I would have calmed down at this point. I'm not. I don't think I'm going to sleep tonight. I am hyped. Aaron, where are you at? 
Yeah, I'm right there with you, Scott. As, as Chris Berman always said, that's why they play the game. You know, a lot of chatter over the last couple of weeks, and rightfully so, but these last two games just prove that's why they play the game. I think we finally found something with the small ball lineup. Uh, like a lot of people have said, you know, you got Mark Smith, Marquise Noel, you know, transfers that have come in and really changed the program overnight. The other thing I would say is looking back on it, I think Shane Southwell has really found his voice. I think Bruce Weber being out uh, with the Rona uh, really gave Shane a chance to really assert himself. I think we're starting to see that, um, you know, kind of play itself out. Looking ahead, I mean, Saturday, what a big opportunity, right? We can't let it be a letdown spot. There's no way that's going to happen. What a big opportunity on Saturday. Um, can't say enough about how excited I am about tonight. We out-rebounded a Texas team that, you know, I if you would have told me that, I would have not believed that at all. We out-rebound them. We played very, very good defense like we always do. And, again, I think this is why we've all been so frustrated throughout the season. We know this team is capable. You know, guys that he's brought in from, you know, from other programs, we know this team's capable. Just finally starting to see him put it together and get some wins. Uh, we've got to keep it going uh, if we have, a you know, obviously a chance at postseason play. But, again, love to see it. That's why they play the game. So not only did we out-rebound them by one, but you did it only getting three from Bradford and EZA you combined. Lingard ended up having four rebounds, and I think he gave you a lot of really good moments, uh, you know, out there. Again, he didn't do anything on offense. He was 0 for 4 from uh, free throw line, which really hurt us. Uh, you know, getting to the free throw line 16 times compared to their 26, hitting nine compared to their 21 almost really hurt us. But again, uh, you, you got to give Lingard credit for grabbing those four boards. I do worry about that small ball lineup, though, in some of those moments. But again, it ended up working out. They ended up grabbing that clutch rebound right at the end. So, uh, you know, what am I saying? You know, I, I, I'm just talking to Ether at this point. I want to go to Cole next because he, I believe I, I believe he lives in Austin. So I'm hoping I have that intel right. And I hope Cole is going to swag around town in some lavender gear tomorrow rubbing texas fans nose in it cole are you still in austin do i have that correctly and how much are you going to swag on longhorns tomorrow that is correct scott i'm still down here uh rocking the lavender right now but i might just have to rock it all day tomorrow up until saturday and uh yeah like you said just swag around town with it that's what i love to hear walk Um, me through that because i think for anyone who lives in texas and especially someone who lives in the lions then like you you know that that had to have a heightened sense of uh anxiety throughout the entire game yeah man it's i'm just ecstatic it was i don't know i'm just pumped i'm excited i'm ready to i'm watching all these fucking texas fans who think they're better than everyone else because fuck them I, I agree. I agree. And man, I, I tell you what, again, you know, it's, it, there's no use continuing to go back to it, but man, I would have liked to see us get to play them at home with more than just our six or seven. And then after the injury, six guys, because again, we had them on the ropes early. We just ran out of gas. We just ran out of gas. I wish we could have that one back with the full squad, but Uh, Man, that was great. Uh, I want to ask you specifically about Mike McGraw because, again, he's now had back-to-back games where he has been efficient with his game on offense. What did you think of Mike there? And do you think he has it in him to kind of keep this, you know, you know, high percentage shooting, uh, you know, up throughout the entire rest of the season, shooting six, seven times, making four or five 
of them. Do you think he has it in him, or do you, do you think, hey, we just need to appreciate these two games, just let whatever happens happens rest of the year? I think he does. I mean, I, I know, well, beginning and middle of the year, well, I guess we might be in the middle now, but – and he just – a lot of rust he had to shake off. I think, you know, now that he's gotten in the groove, got his confidence back a little bit, I think it's – I hope – I mean, I hope so. I think, I think it should continue, though. Hopefully it does. I think it's – you know, he's coming in off the bench as a six-year senior, as the broadcaster said, but he's going to take on that role, and I think he's going to give us big minutes moving forward. Um but I don't know, I'm ecstatic. I'm just ready to see what happens. Yeah, man. Saturday cannot get here soon enough. We're going to go down to Zach next. Zach, uh, what did you think of that game? Walk me through your emotions. What What do you think the rest of the season has in store for us? Well, Scott, I'm with you. I'm, I'm over the moon. Um, I live in an apartment complex. I need to apologize to my neighbors because I was screaming, let's fucking go for like two minutes um i i was so excited for that win that was amazing um I, there's really not a whole lot more to say than that at this moment because everyone else has covered everything um i some things to note that i wanted to point out that i think we were i think a lot went against us but something that we got really lucky with i think that now that i'm like you know a little bit more grounded i can you know make note of is that Courtney Ramey and Andrew Jones were ice cold. They were ice cold. They could not hit anything. Marcus Carr had to carry them. And if those guys were just hitting their shots, I don't think it would have been, you know, much to talk about. You know, I, I I think that is fair, but you know, on on the same side, you know, again, you have uh, Marquise Noel go one of seven for us. Selton Miguel go two of nine for us. So I, I think you can play that both ways a little bit. And at the end of the day, you know, that's just basketball. And how many times have we had dudes, you know, go off against us that had no business going off against us? So I'm fine taking a little bit of that luck, uh, adjusting, having some of their guys go cold. We're going to go Callie Mike, and then we will go down to Steven. Um, Callie Mike, I I think I saw in the chat you were all the way with Stan and Wyatt. How was that adventure with those two? Uh, You know, it was pretty solid. Um, you know, they, they paint a pretty good picture, uh, not being able to watch the game. So, you know, I appreciated it. I, um, I was also looking at GameCast, listening at the same time, which is dangerous because they don't really line up, but you know, we had the lead and then I had somebody coming by for a Facebook marketplace purchase. So, you know, I had to leave the game for a minute and I come back and we're down four. I was, uh, I was a little nervous there obviously, but Man, they clawed back, got that lead, and they finished strong. Um, I'm over the top about this. Like, how about the black uniforms is all I got to say. Yeah, you know, the the black uniforms, I think these are the favorites from a lot of folks uh, outside of the alternates. Um, I I think they looked good. And, you know, again, maybe we need to wear black on the road because I I think this team enjoys being the villain. So we'll go to Steven and then we'll go to Logan. Uh, Steven, walk me through your emotions, man. Are we back? Are we back from the dead? Or do you still need to see a little bit more before you're, uh, you know, tweeting out Undertaker gifts and booking reservations for the NCAA tournament? (laughs) Um, I mean, I I think the team's always had the potential. I mean, obviously, there's just been so many frustrating losses, like especially in the non-conference and the last couple games before this week. Um, But, 
I mean, they're like Aaron was saying earlier, they're talented and capable of doing this kind of thing night in and night out. The Big 12's tough, but I mean, uh, as the year goes on, the guys will continue to gel with each other, and that's a huge part of Bruce's teams, especially playing on defense and working with each other. So, um, and I was just thinking, man, you got to give credit to Marcus Carr though for that stretch in the second half he had. That was just, I mean, the guy just has a ton of talent, and he hasn't lived up to it for uh, you know most of the season. But man, that that stretch in the second half was pretty crazy. You got to shout out to that. Yeah, not not to take anything away away from him. I I think he had a great game, but I I do think that uh, if I do want to be a little bit critical of some of the coaching decision, I think we took a little bit long to just say, all right, Selton, he is yours. Go get him. Um, I because I, I mean there are a handful of times where you know he you had Marquise Noel guarding him, and uh, he, he was he's just so big and skillful it's easy to get those buckets. But, but again, I, I don't say that to try to uh, cut down car a peg, but I, I do think we shot ourselves in the foot a little bit, uh, but continue on. Just walk, walk me through again. Any other thoughts that you have? Oh yeah. I totally agree with you. I yeah, noticed in the last five, six, seven minutes that they put Selton one-on-one with him. And like you said, just, they just said, go get him and shut him down, which he did for the most part. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's mostly what I had to say. Um yeah, the the Longhorn Network is just absolutely infuriating. <laughs> well, no, it's whole, wild. Like the entire concept of the Longhorn Network existing is crazy, and then it in practice just drives me nuts. <laughs> no, it's crazy, and this is this is a shot at ESPN. Uh, I I don't know if folks realize this, but those the play by play and color guy, those are the same two that did the K State game versus Texas on ESPN Plus in Bramlage. Um, I. Again, up until the realignment shit and uh, all, all the stuff that went down this summer, I was not an ESPN hater. I didn't buy into this whole idea of conspiracies and all this type of stuff. But when you look at Manhattan, Kansas, so when you have, uh, you know, Ben Boyle, Brian Smoller, Missy Heydrich, all these people who live in Manhattan who have experience doing color and play-by-play for basketball in the Big 12, not just K-State, but the entire Big 12. And then you even have a guy like John Kurtz, who is a play-by-play guy who has done football, basketball, baseball, just over in Kansas City. You have all these broadcasters connected to K-State and regionally that could have easily shown up to Manhattan for that game. But instead, they're like, nah, fuck it. Let's get these two rubes from Austin, Texas, to get on a Zoom broadcast and do it from Austin when it's a K-State home game on ESPN Plus, uh, that that really bugged the shit out of me. I don't really have an issue with how they broadcast games on the Longhorn Network. At the end of the day, they're uh, trying to cater to Texas fans and they don't care about anyone else. But it, it just pisses me off that those were the two dudes who did the uh, who, who did the game in Manhattan. So we'll go to Logan next. Logan, give me your initial thoughts. And then we will uh, get a couple other questions, and then we'll call it a night. Not like I'm going to be able to sleep tonight, but you know, I'm I'm going to have to publish this episode, and maybe I'll just start working for tomorrow. But Logan, what are your thoughts? Yeah, so my thoughts are, you know, everyone got tired of those excuses from Bruce Weber that COVID, you know, COVID has plagued this team. Which after this one, you know, I think those excuses are true, and because um, obviously when he has a full team. He can be competitive and win. And then another point is just what a perfect time to play KU. 
Now, if you get to 11 and seven, you're cooking with fire, fire, and you have a real chance to maybe make the NCAA tournament with a win over Kansas, win over Texas, and then you just snowball for the rest of the season. I'll say this. Uh, I don't think it's wild to think that you're not going to be receiving votes if you somehow beat KU on Saturday. Um, so now what I want to do is kind of go around the room and say just kind of temperature check. What do you guys want to see not only from Saturday but through rest of the month? If you look at the schedule, if you, if you look at the remaining games in January, you have KU at home, on the road to Baylor, and at Ole Miss. You absolutely cannot go 0-3. If you get one, all of a sudden – you get into February, you, you strap on your shoes, and let's go right. If you somehow get two, look out, folks. That's what I have to say. But what are you going to be looking for over the next three games? What would you like to see, uh, not only on Saturday, but to finish out the month of January if you really want to get the juices going for February? We're going to start with uh, Jimmy. Jimmy, what, what, what are you looking for? What do you need to see outside of, uh, just results over the next three games to really have you dialed in for February? Well, I'll, I'll, ideally, if you can get a win over one of these three, I mean, you got to beat Mississippi. No, no, yeah, no, I'm, I'm saying if, if you go over, then I'm back oh, on good. here melting down and, uh, you know, breaking stuff and bearing Bruce and saying it's over and all this type of stuff. You can't lose to Ole Miss. Unless, unless you're going to beat uh, KU and Baylor. If you beat both of them, okay, fine. We can, we can forfeit to Ole Miss for all I care. But uh, outside of, you know, getting one, maybe even two, w- what are you really going to be hoping to see uh, over these three games? Well, you got to compete against KU and Baylor, which I think is very possible. I mean, Baylor has not been looking great lately. And, I mean, KU is really good but they're more of an offensive team this year. They're not a great defensive team. So it's going to be a matter of staying with them and then finding a way to defend their biggest, their best threats. I mean, Abaji and <clears throat> Abaji and uh, what's his name? The white dude. Brown. Brown are both Which, very good. If memory serves me correctly, <laughs> Christian Brown was like two days away from committing to K-State. Yes. And then Bill Self missed out on a five-star. And he's like, all right, I can't have – I have room and I can't have a white Kansas kid go to K-State and smoke me for four years like Dean Wade did. So whoever that five-star was that uh, turned down Bill Self, I hope you stub your toe tonight. Um, so w- what would be your ultimate – if you're going to say, hey, I want this one key on Saturday, if you could guarantee it, what would it be? I'd say uh, – I think you you mentioned that, that uh, Noel – will be due to have a big game after struggling a little bit in this one and having one of his worst games of the year. So I think Noel going off to give us, you know, we need three big pieces <coughs> between Nigel Pack, Noel, Mark Smith, and now Mike McGurl at times, you know, you've got four guys that have a chance. So three of those have to be big. And I think Noel having a big game against KU will be key. I love it. I love it. We'll go up to Aaron. Aaron, what are you going to really be dialed in over the next three? And if you have a big key that you're going to be hoping for on Saturday, what will it be? Yeah, you hit the nail on the head, Scott. Obviously, the Ole Miss game, you know, we, we've got to get that 
done. I think realistically, you know, we, we've got to win one of these next two if we have any chance of making the postseason. Um, Saturday's probably the better opportunity. I know Baylor's kind of had some struggles off and on recently, but, you know, realistically, Saturday, we know the atmosphere is going to be there. That's a, a big time opportunity. Uh, to go back to the kind of keys of the game, our big men have got to show up. I mean, the small ball lineup, you can definitely play that in spots against KU. Uh, but our big guys, Easy Agu, Bradford, Carlton Lingard, whoever it is, is going to have to control the inside of the paint. Not necessarily be an advantage for us, but just control it enough to where it's not a disadvantage. So, again, we can't be getting dunked on. We can't be letting them get easy, you know, alley-oops and, and things of that nature on the inside. So our big guys are going to have to play a good game on Saturday uh, if we're going to have a, a realistic chance. The other thing is not letting them get out early in the game that's been something throughout the season you know we let teams get ahead we let them get a little momentum that cannot happen on saturday we've got to come out guns a blazing either you know, pack marquise noel somebody's going to have to get off to a good start on offense we need to be up by five to ten points early in that game if we have a chance yeah and, and this game kind of dispels it but man i I, I, I do not feel good when it's one possession games uh, under a minute. So, uh, hell, may, maybe they'll make a habit of, of it, but I would love nothing more than to be up, you know, eight late and get a run out Selton dunk and uh, have, have another one of those magic moments. We'll go to Cole next. Cole, what are you going to really be dialed in over the next three? And then if you're going to pick a big key for Saturday, what would it be? I think my big key for Saturday will kind of leans into also the next three. Um, a little bit of what Aaron said. Um, productivity from the bigs, you know, getting more rebounds, taking a little pressure off the guards from having to do everything. Um, also, get a – you get Ishmael Masood going. He's just so hit or miss, it seems. I hope that he can kind of bounce back and have a big game on Saturday as well. Yeah, Ish is coming off the bench, and I, I said it on the show we published Monday. The guy is very streaky. The guy is very uh, dialed into the into his personal momentum. I think when he comes off the bench, I wouldn't mind seeing us run one or two sets the first two possessions he has specifically for him and see if we can get him going. Because, again, if he's hitting shots, if he can go three of five or four or six from three, that's an absolute game changer. Um, we'll go down to Chef next. Chef, uh, you know, what are you going to really be looking for the next three? Uh, biggest key on Saturday. Uh, let's hear it. Um, for the next three, I mean, I mean, ideal would be two and one or three and zero, oh, obviously. But if we go, if um, we go three and zero, oh, uh, well, I, no, I'm not going to say what I was going to because this team yes, is say super it, Scott, high. Say All it. right, no, if, if we go three and zero. Oh, I'm going to do a 10-minute Peloton ride completely naked and have it live broadcast. Yes. So if we go 3-0, and that's what I'm going to do. Uh, or, or or maybe I won't. Um, but <laughs> but I, I don't know. Maybe – I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. If we go 3-0, and I'll do something crazy that involves me being naked. So uh, – uh, but, man, it, keep going. Sorry. I, I need to stop um, before I find myself uh, doing something getting, really stupid. You're getting everybody hot and bothered. Um, so the key to Saturday, I mean, it's really – consistency to me i mean we can't have stretches where we're going five or six minutes without a basket because i mean our defense can only hold up so much 
And if we're fouling at the clip we are, I mean, Aaron said it best. I mean, if our big guys don't show up and we have foul trouble with Mark Smith and Selton, it's going to get ugly quick. So, I mean, just we just got to be consistent and not have Noel go one for seven or one for nine and uh, Selton go two for nine. We have to have even shooting shoot. 40% as a team or 45% as a team and we're going to be golden. Yeah, I I hear you there. And and I will say this, we've had some games where we've played very good defense and haven't fouled a bunch this season. So I don't think this is some uh crazy issue that we run into every single game. We've had some games where we have been really dialed in on defense. So uh again, I I think you have to adjust to uh, the officials calling the game. I don't think we did a great job of it, but hey, a dub's a dub. We'll go to Zach next. Zach, what are you going to be dialed in over the next three, and what's a big key for Saturday? Um, so I, I watch KU when I can because I hate them so much. I like to watch them lose. That doesn't happen often, but um, you know, I had the game against OU on. I'm not. I'm not impressed at all with them. You know, I say this every year, every year I say this, and then they come in, they beat us like 52 to 49. And so I don't really know what to say. Um, you know, I'm not sure who it was who was talking about the post presence, but KU really doesn't have a very good one. They have Mitch Lightfoot, and the McCormick is super streaky. We might get five-star McCormick who comes out and, you know, just donks all over. It's like Jamari Trailer used to, just out of the blue. But, um the key to beating KU is going to, you have to contain Braun and Abaji. You have to, and you contain those two, you will win. So that's the key. So I don't know who has to be on Abaji. I'm guessing Selton will be, but you know, they're both really dangerous players right now. Yeah. If you can have Selton be completely dialed in on defense, that is going to be a game changer. It will be interesting to see how Bruce and Chris Lowry and Shane and, Henderson game plan this one. So um, I, I, I'm excited for Saturday. It, it's, it's a game that uh, I'm not always looking forward to. It's not always a game where I'm super excited for. I almost kind of dread some of them, especially the ones in Bramlage. I, when it's in Allen Fieldhouse, I don't care. Uh, but when it's in Bramlage, I sometimes dread it. Not this year. I am excited for this one. We'll go to Logan next. Logan, what are you going to hope to see over the next three, and what's your big key on Saturday? Yeah, it just feels like we're so behind the eight ball on the record-wise. I mean, if we drop these next two, we're 10 and 9, and morale is going to be low again with the fans. So, I mean, just just way behind the record-wise. I mean, coming into February, we got a couple games we could win there, uh, starting out with Oklahoma State, TCU. But I feel like we got to get, you know, two out of the three. Mississippi just lost to Mizzou. That's an easy dub, should be. But uh, for this game, I feel like we got to have a player. You know, every time that we beat KU, it seems like we have a player that goes off, like whether it's Jacob Poland, Barry Brown, Rodney Magruder. It's got to be one of those guys, Nigel Pack, uh, Noel. It's got to be someone in there that just has. Yeah, I, I think that's a good one. I, I would say Mark Smith or Noel is going to be that guy if, if you put a gun to my head. We'll go Steven, and then we'll wrap this question up with Mike. Steven. Uh, what are you going to be dialed in for the next three? Big key on Saturday. 
Um, well, I don't know as much about Baylor and Ole Miss. Um, I just know more about KU because I watch them more because we're from around here, obviously. But, I mean, I just feel like you can't lose to Ole Miss if you're still wanting to make the tourney, ideally, because we've just dropped too many other non-conference games to let Ole Miss slip away, even if they're not a great team. Um, but uh, the key for Saturday to me is containing uh, Brown and Obagi as much as you can, as I think I think it was Zach said that. Um, I I know our earlier in the year our three point defense was pretty good statistically. I don't know where it stands now, but you've got to stay on them and be able to contest those shots. Um, you're not going to stop them, but you got to contain them as much as you can. Um, and yeah, it, and you just got to stop them from going on runs and getting those big momentum building plays. You know, like you know KU always seems to have one or two huge alley oop dunks or something. You know, so um, you got to contain that kind of stuff as much as you can and just spread out the scoring and there's a lot of guys on this team that are capable of scoring which is different than the last couple of years which is nice so um you know if your one guy's cold that doesn't make or break the team so um so yeah it just there's a lot of factors that have to go right for us to beat KU in a year so um but I feel okay about Saturday we'll see <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Uh, we'll go to Callie Mike. Callie Mike, what do you got for us? What will you be uh, dialed in the next three and big key for Saturday? Yeah, um, I would just say, you know, I want to just take one of two from KU and Baylor, um, and I'll be satisfied that um, I think that, you know, if if in you know if we lose a game or two, if we're really close. Um, that's going to obviously be kind of a heartbreaker as it was against TCU. But um, I think that it shows that, you know, we can hang to a certain degree um, and that, you know, we're not getting trounced uh, because, you know, I think we have the talent to do that. And, you know, what's encouraging is that we're, it's all coming together now that the Rona spike has essentially driven its way through the team and left uh, is my, my take on it. So, you know, I think we have a really good shot to play well. Um, I think for Saturday, um, as long as Higgins isn't refereeing, is he even refereeing anymore? Is he even in the game? Yes, um, and I actually think John Higgins is a good referee. I'm not going to expand on that. I'll get roasted on Twitter. That's fine, but I think he's a good Okay, well, I don't. And, I mean, maybe he is, but if we're playing KU, he definitely is not. So um, as long as he's not uh, the guy on our game, I think we have a good shot to uh, actually take one this weekend. Yep. So it, it, it's a massive one. And, and again, I'm not, I, I think being, because we got this Texas win, I think it makes it not necessary to get one of the next two. You get Ole Miss, that should be a win. And you get to start February with some winnable games. So I'm not jumping off, you know, any of this hype until, uh, you know, and, and well, I, I'm not going to, I don't know what I'm, when I might jump off game, but it is too much fun to be backing this squad of players. I love the personalities. I love the swagger they have, and I love that they kind of embrace being the villain at times. Uh, it, it's a lot of fun. I'm going to end it. I'm going to give uh, Jimmy the final words on this. Jimmy, you and I had a conversation. Well, hell, you had conversations with both Grant and I back to back weeks when things were looking gloom and then it got even worse after the TCU game. Um, I, I think you can dial up a lot of it to, Hey, we finally got, uh, you know, a full strength, the whole, full coaching staff, full amount of players 
um, and the team has been close the entire season. We haven't been blown out of any single game. Um, what is it going to take to now we have a couple wins? What is it going to take to shock the world and keep this going and, you know, make, make a lot of folks maybe angry, but make a lot of folks uh, in, wearing K-State purple and lavender proud when it comes to Selection Sunday. You, you've had great metrics on it. How many more big wins is it going to take to get to that number where it's going to be tough for them to leave us out? Well, this will this should put us at three, two, two tier one or quad one wins and one quad two win, and we may sneak up to two quad two wins with with non conference games. So, I said to to either you or Grant or both of you maybe that we need eight or nine total. So now you're talking you need five or six more wins over good teams in the league. Um, I think you know you've said all year seven to eight Big Twelve wins. I think definitely eight Big Twelve wins puts us in that ballpark of, of getting to those quad numbers um, that really is what the NCAA looks at now is, is when they're evaluating teams is, is first and foremost, and then some other things. So do that, avoiding bad losses. Like you can't lose to Mississippi state. You probably can't lose to a team like Oklahoma state at home. You've already lost to TCU at home. So you got to go beat them on the road. Um, so some of those things you got to take care of, but <clears throat> just being consistent. I think that the, the one factor of the game is continuing to play good defense you know the defense was really the key against texas tech we held them to one of their worst offensive games of the year and then even though our defense wasn't great the whole game against texas they didn't score the last three and a half minutes of the game and really that's what won us the game we went on a 6-0 run because they didn't score and we kept them from scoring to finish it off so watch this defense continue to get better as as all these pieces get back and then Look at look at beating good teams and getting to eight or nine quad wins, and and this team will be where we want them to be. And I 100% think that is now back on the table. That is going to be all uh, for us. Um, teaser to anyone who hasn't seen it on Twitter: Grant will be in Manhattan on Saturday, and he has an exclusive one-on-one interview with Reggie the Sauce Boss Stubblefield that will be dropping. Uh, in the podcast feeds next week. It'll either be on Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday. It'll be some part in the front half of the week. So stay tuned for that. Uh, Again, uh, you know, if if you have the chance, if you have the means, if you have the ability, get in Bramlage because there's always quite a bit of crimson and blue in there. If you can make one less seat, go to them and go to us. Do it if you can. And uh, yeah, I'm going to try my best to get there. We'll see it's up in the air uh, to be determined. But again, enjoy this one. Have some fun uh, on Twitter message boards. Talk some shit if you know someone who's a Texas fan. I love you guys. And I love this team with my whole heart. If Grant was here, he'd say meet me at the cat head. I say, hey, look, maybe we get to do this in person. Maybe if you're in Bramlage on Saturday, we are meeting at mid floor meeting each other at the cat head. Who knows? Stay tuned. Hail to the purple, hail to the white, wildcat in spirit, wildcat in fight. Hail alma mater from to see onward for
Podcast Network.